We're getting updates in this live press conference on what happened on Monday with the shooting of five people, two people killed, one person injured with life-threatening injuries, and as we learn in the last couple of minutes, another man, an international exchange student who also worked at that mechanic shop, um, is on life support with life-threatening uh, uh, injuries, not expected to live. So ultimately, we're looking at uh, five people shot three deaths, one person with life-altering injuries. So we're watching this conversation for information. Very clear this guy was dangerous. Very clear this guy was a gang, a career gangster. Um, we've been talking a lot about, you know, how we stop this, how we stop the rinse and repeat convictions of, of uh, these types of, of criminals. And, of course, you have to do that with changing of the laws. I want to bring Joe Newberger into this conversation. Of course, he is our 640 legal expert. It is great to have you, Joe. Thank you, Alex. So we're starting to glean some information. We certainly don't know motive and a lot of that. Just before I um, kind of dive into some of the things that we should be uh, doing on this, um, po post posthumously, we, you can lay charges. This guy, if alive, would be facing um, murder charges, no question about it, and attempt murder charges. I'm not sure if police will posthumously uh, lay charges, but they could do that. Theoretically, uh, yes. Um, doesn't really have much meaning, but yes, they could. Maybe just for the victims uh, who often seem so forgot in this process. You know, we've been talking a lot, Joe, and I've certainly talked about it with you through the years, um, you know, of what we're going to do. Now, this guy had his last conviction on a driving offense in 2015. It's very clear he was not a good guy. Very clear he was a violent offender. Um, but we see this a lot. You know, we've had, what, 12, 13 shootings in just the last five days. And a lot of it is the same people coming in and out and in and out of the system. You know, We've talked about bail reforms and sentencing reforms. Why? Why hasn't? Why isn't it not being done? It, you know, it, it gets done at the federal level, but certainly it can't be that hard. Well, Alex, you know, look, I, I agree with you a lot of the time, but I think the framing of what reforms we need as a result of this incredibly tragic and senseless event will just lead to bad laws. Uh, he was convicted of a driving offense in 2015. His parole ceased for a serious offense a decade ago, which was t 2012. So how do you predict future violence of this magnitude? And then how I'll tell do you, you well, let me tell you, because we know, because we have enough data now to know that the same people are going in and out, in and out on gun charges. And so it, maybe it wouldn't have stopped this guy. But the fact is, we if that? we made it harder, well, look, I don't know. We don't know that. Yeah, but the point, bottom line is we know shot. that. That poor 15-year-old who was shot was an 18-year-old who doesn't have a record. Sure. Well, right. okay. But the bottom line is we know that there is a big problem with the fact that we have kind of loosish laws in the books where if we put the fear of God into people early enough and say, if you pick up a gun, that doesn't you're going to go to jail for five years. Do you, think these, do you think these senseless, evil idiots actually open the criminal code and go, oh, my God, I might be detained on bail and get a life sentence if I commit a robbery? No, they don't. Deterrence doesn't work. And here's the greatest study. It's south of us. It's called the United States. And they have very strict bail terms and conditions and not on releases. You know, you don't get releases very easily. Harsh, crushing sentences. And yet their crime rates are going through the roof. You've got mass, ca mass casualty events happening like I changed socks. 
So their mm-hmm. experiment on tough on crime isn't working. Albeit they've got a much different gun. I mean, everybody's got guns there. You know, what, the, the difference well, between us is that we're not supposed to have guns here. I agree, but it, they're coming through the border. I mean, the trafficking of firearms here is ridiculous. We've got, everybody can get a firearm. It, it, it's absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous. And, and the government is restricting lawful owners from owning. It's not doing anything about stopping and trafficking from the United States with respect to guns coming into our country. I think what we need is more money invested into policing. Uh, yeah. be, just ask the Police Services Association what the mm-hmm. funding is for them. Just ask. It's chronically underfunded. Our politicians are quick to talk about bail reform. They're quick to talk about mandatory minimums, but they don't put any money into the system. Nothing. Zero. They, yeah. They and let me let me jump in year after year. So we need, in my opinion, better uh, money into specialized units so that we can uh, mm-hmm. try and curb trafficking firearms, specialized units that are on top of these gangs. And then we will look at what risk is with those who are violent offenders and see if maybe something about the dangerous offender regime needs to be applied to them. But to try and deny bail. And don't forget, two years ago, everybody was happy to jump on the bandwagon about discriminatory police practices when George Floyd was killed. Oh, I was. Yeah, no, I did everything else. No, but we had we had mass, you know, mass movements Mm -hmm. across Canada, Mm -hmm. United States and the world. So, you know, you've got to keep all these factors together when we're thinking about reactionary. We've got to, you know, have no bail. And, and, and people are very happy to say that until it's one of their family members, because it just doesn't apply to a black gang member. It applies to other people, no, too. No, no, I understand. I, and I, I've, I've been in court and I've seen the processes. And, and, and so I get that. that. That to me is one small part. But to your point on the carding, to the point on Tavis, to the point on surveillance, you know, I had yeah. the president of the police association on yesterday and he was polite, but you can tell there's a lot of anger because the bottom line is cops can't do their job. And the fact that they can't do things like surveillance and zero in on certain people, uh, we've got guys and gals running around with guns all over the city. There is an anger out there. So I, I, I'm hoping this is a turning point to reforming the way we do stuff. Uh, but we've got a lot of politicians out there, Joe, as you know, who bend to whatever cause it is of the day. And frankly, I think it's made the city a lot more dangerous. Okay, so here's where we're going to agree. So I, I, I have, you know, the carding issue was bad because it was applied in a discriminatory manner. But there was right. a lot, there was, a, there was a lot of good about it in the sense that mm-hmm. they were able to stop and talk to people. And having been a criminal lawyer and involved in an application where carding was used, you know, the interactions between police and a number of these people stopped was not harsh. You know, it was questioning and talking. And they knew the people in their neighborhoods. They knew mm-hmm. who was doing what. They had really on the ground good intelligence. So if there's a way to enhance surveillance and enhance investigative uh, do, uh, abilities that is not used in a discriminatory manner, and we put more money into policing, more money into having police officers and specialized units, and look at the trafficking that comes across our borders and try and have a very strong, robust movement about that, I think we can see change. I think looking for harsher crimes, uh, detaining people for future risk is going to backfire and it's not going to go well. I don't think that'll solve the issue, with all due respect. Not on its own. Yeah, no, not on its own. No, it won't. But I mean, I, it is a part in a bigger picture. But I, to your point, the police are now being, you know, targeted. Uh, things have now changed, I think, uh, when you've got a cop who can't even get a coffee in peace. Um, you right, know, but, things are, are upping. Yeah. But, but think about that for a second. This guy wasn't going to, he knew, or at least should have had some thought, he's not surviving that day. Okay? Yeah, of course. He went, he went to get killed that day. He decided to kill a police officer 
and then to kill the person he worked for and, and, and anybody else who, who was in his ridiculous mind that day. And he probably had a reasonable belief that he was going to get killed. And so that level of irrationality and maybe desperation and other factors we have to think about as well. What drives people to do that? And that's a, that's a tragedy in and of itself. And, and I'm concerned about the mental health aspect as well that we have, because maybe more people who were involved in crime and, and got into it for all sorts of reasons, some of which may be societal and, and race related, um, but then also the other pressures that cause people to just lose their, their uh, mind and do incredibly dangerous things. I, I think we need to look at a myriad of issues to try and address it, just not bail yeah. and not just you know, long sentences, in my respectful opinion. Yeah, uh, and I love that you talk to me like I'm a judge. Um, but uh, I, I do, I do <laughs> well, agree I do with you. But look, I, I mean, if if they did uh, this 20 years ago when they were talking about it at some of the gun, just imagine how much further ahead uh, we would be. But again, politicians don't lead, and they certainly don't walk; they just talk. Uh, Joe, you're, you're very busy. Right, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Just one more thing for the for the for the people who listen to this. Pay attention to who you're going to elect next. Pay attention to what they're talking about. Is there any substance to what they're saying? Is there any money behind what they're saying? Because they can talk about reform, but they don't put the money into it, just like our health care system. Agree 100%. Okay, good stuff. Okay. I'll talk to you again, though. Thank Take you, Joe. Care, Alex. Joe Bye. Newberger. And uh, he's right. We have elections coming up, and we've got all these mayors across Toronto and the GTHA. And you know what? The cities are on fire with crime, and they've done nothing about it. Remember that when you go to vote.